0: In disguise! Cheater! Maximize! Stop chewing gum! Nothing good comes from chewing gum, Johnny. Just sticky bubbles and tooth decay! Dr. Robotnik demoted me to sanitation duty. Me? Coconuts! Why well, should be in charge of catching Sonic? He's given them my job! I'll show him! I'll capture Sonic first! <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Elgovern the podcast. As always, I'm your host Abdullah, and I am joined today by Ian James Corlett. How you doing, Ian? I'm great. Nice to meet you. Uh, first question: Can you believe it's been 25 years since Beast Wars first aired? Uh, no,
0: not at all. I mean, it's it's really weird. Uh, is I thought <laughs> that's really weird. I thought it was 20. Is it 25? Yeah,
1: this year is the 25th anniversary.
0: Oy, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, uh, you can tell my, by my real response, I cannot believe it.
1: So, um, how did you get involved as in beast wars and how did you get the role of Cheetor? Well, it
0: was like, uh, pretty much every other role. Um, you know, at, at that time, actually I was not represented by an agent. So, cause I was kind of just well known in the, in the community in vancouver um and this audition came across my desk from the casting company that was um that was doing it and i went oh well this looks interesting oh something to do with transformers interesting all right so you know like like you do with anything else um you audition for all the roles that you think you might be good for and i i'm pretty sure i read for rat trap um and a few of the other ones and yeah then you get a call back and then the the big time you know voice director from la is up and ooh okay well great i got a call back and they kind of check you out in person and the rest is history but it was it was a it was definitely an audition process
1: and i mean there was um you mentioned like auditioning for other characters. Like, did you see pictures of what the final character would look like or was were you just given like vague descriptions?
0: No, um... back in those days, uh, now I can't say for absolute sure uh, about Beast Wars, but it was far more common to have, uh, you know, some visual when you received an audition. So I would say that that would would also be the case in in that uh, audition so we we would very likely have known uh what the characters looked like and they were they were very um not not what you would expect from a transformer as you well know
1: and um did you ever like watch the the show or were you just like i i can't stand to listen to myself Oh, um,
0: oh, you mean, no, 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 actually I, I did. I mean, not, not religiously by any means, um, because you're right. I don't really want to watch stuff that I'm in. I, I will, I kind of, um, it's a bit like wine tasting, you know, you like, you take a sample and go, oh, okay, that looks pretty good. And then you move on. Um, some, some things I watch, uh, but, but usually not. You know, all of it. and But I do remember that one because in in the era that it came out, uh, Reboot was already existing, which was, uh, I'm pretty sure, the first um, completely CGI series for for TV. And I knew that this was from the same company. It was going to be animated and produced by Mainframe. And I was very keen to see, you know, what it looked like. So, yeah. And then the other cool thing was, you know, as we were recording, I don't know how many episodes it was in, but it was months into it. Um, the guys from Mainframe would come by and go, hey, we got some uh, stuff to show you. And you'd see this early, early, early renderings. And, it, and of course, the studio that we were working in had a giant screen. So it was really, really cool to see that early on.
1: So you were there from like the, I mean, it sounds like you were there from the beginning to the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like basically the way it works in animation and computer animation isn't much different, but the way it works is um, the scripts, well, the, the character designs exist and then the scripts are written and then it goes to a storyboard artist slash director. And right around that same time, the dialogue is recorded. So we start recording so that they can then go, okay, we're going to draw or animate to the performances. And so the, the voices are really early in like right after writing, basically. and then And then it takes a long time after that
1: and when you did the sequel series were you surprised at um Cheetor's character arc cuz he plays a much bigger role in Beast Machines than he does in Beast Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh I was surprised and I I liked it. And I know I know that Beast Machines is is a polarizing topic amongst fans because some people love it, some people hate it. And I I really liked the look of it. I I thought it was really cool. It, they looked like uh comic books kind of come to life
1: and uh, Faye, do you remember like um i mean it's a weird question but um what's your favorite like Cheetor moment throughout the entire uh oh. beast era oh
0: man you didn't tell me you were going to be asking like really hard questions um <laughs> that is a good one. jeez oh, Yeah, honestly, you got me. You absolutely got me. I mean, I remember, I remember sort of generalities when he started to become, uh, you know, more, more of a leader as opposed to, you know, the kid. And uh, honestly, I, I can't, I can't pinpoint a particular instance, but it was very interesting. And this was one of the first series that I had ever experienced this in is once we were cast um, you know, the the writers would show up and you'd, you'd get to meet the the people who are really creating this stuff. And they told me really early on, it's like, Oh no, no, cheaters, is going to have uh, uh he's, he's going to start out as the impetuous punk. And part of the audition process too was, you know, Can you sound like a hero? And eventually he's going to morph into this like true leader hero. And I went, Ooh, wow, that sounds good. So I think, I think it was really more that arc more than any one particular thing.
1: Uh, My favorite um, Cheetar moment is when he first appears in his Transmetal 2 um, form in Feral Scream Part 2. And you know Optimus is down, and you know he's down for the count. And you know he, Cheater comes out of nowhere, and you know destroys all the other Decepticons. And um, and uh, uh Optimus, you know, transforms, and Optimus is like, Cheater, watch out for the other bot. And, and Cheater's like, Which bot? This bot? And he shoots Waspinator oh, right. from the back. Yep.
0: Right, 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 right. I do remember that. That is a good one. That's a really good one.
1: Because as a kid, I mean, that moment stuck out to me because as a kid, I really did not like Cheetor that much. But, I mean, as, as I got older, I, fi- you know, I learned to appreciate it's him. Over. I'm leaving. That's it. No, <laughs> no um, but I mean, but that moment sticks out for me because that was the first moment that where, where I was like, I think I was like eight or nine years old when I first watched that episode. And that was the moment I'm like, uh, I, I pestered my parents, or I'm like, I really want a Cheetor toy. <laughs> ah, good for you, because because as a kid, you like you see characters doing really cool stuff, and you're like, I want a physical representation of that toy. And I never got a Transmetal Two Cheetor toy, which I'm just so sad. And uh, it, and but um, as as I got older, I realized it wasn't a very good toy. So maybe I dodged <laughs> a bullet.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: But um, do, is it weird like you still like, again, it's been 25 years, but d- does it does it feel weird like still being asked, you know, about Transformers oh. all these years later?
0: Yeah, it, it it does feel weird, but it's also really cool. I mean, there's a few shows I've done um, that are. Very uh, unique in in that there is a, a very passionate fan base and Beast Wars is right up there. Um, and, you know, the fact that it is not forgotten that there are loads of people that, you know, just, you know, grew up with it, basically. I, no, I don't think it's weird at all because, you know, it, it, I, I've got stuff that, I really like from when I was a kid and, and, um, man, if I, if I met someone or had the opportunity to, to talk to someone who was, you know, part of the TV that I watched growing up. Yeah. I'd, I'd feel the same way.
1: And what's weird is that, you know, I've pretty much, again, I've grew, I'm a kid of the nineties and it is so weird listening to you talk because your voice has not changed at all. <laughs> I know. That's why I have a long career. <laughs> and um you mentioned reboot and I I really wanted to ask this but it, when reboot ended they did the My Two Bobs special yeah. and you and you were the real Bob and was there a reason why you were chosen as the real Bob?
0: Well, it I was I was um I was Glitch Bob. So it depends on how you, how you uh, de- uh, determine the real Bob. But that whole thing was really weird. Um, there, there is much folklore about why they replaced the original uh, voice, who's a good friend of mine, uh, Michael Benyer, and uh, the bottom line is they made an executive decision to make this new Bob uh, because there was, there was some question about whether, you know, they were going to use the same voice and they thought, well, okay, if he's going to sound a little different, let's make him look a little different. And then uh they patched it all up and, and said, Hey, let's bring the real Bob back, which is the, what I think you're referring to, but you know, I might be, my memory is flawed, but um, I always, you know, view Michael Benyer's character as the real Bob and glitch Bob was the other Bob, but it was weird. I mean, it was some weird twisty stuff there. I, I mean, how old were you when that was happening? That would have been, you would have been even younger, right?
1: No. Um, the final special aired like in 2001. So I would have been like 11 years old at the time. Oh, okay.
0: okay. So it's right around the same era then.
1: Yeah uh and and i mentioned that because it ended on a really terrible cliffhanger where you know spoiler alert uh one of the bobs turns out to be megabyte in disguise and megabyte takes over oh. the takes over the the whole place and he's like uh uh t- time to assemble for the gathering and that's it <laughs> we never got a conclusion
0: sometimes it happens
1: which is, um, which is a shame. That, that ending still, like, like, you talk to any Reboot fan and they're, like, still waiting for a, it's been, like, <laughs> t- 20 years since that conclusion. We still got nothing.
0: Well, you know what they say, patience is a virtue because <laughs> you're going to be waiting a long time.
1: No, but I but I, there was this like urban legend that um, they replaced the actor for Bob because he, uh, you know, said something along the lines of, well, you can't fire me. I'm Bob or something like that.
0: You know what? I'm going to I'm going to chalk that up to urban legend because I, I did talk to um to Michael about that because I've perpetuated that same urban legend. And according to him, it's not true. So I'm going to go with, with him because he would know.
1: Yeah, because it was it's still like I mean, I I had to ask because it's still one of those things that's, you know, debated to this day, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he demanded more money or a lot of people are like, oh, he had something.
0: It certainly wasn't that I that I can tell you for sure. Um, There is, you know. Yeah, I've heard the. The main urban legend, but you see, if I start repeating it, then I'm going to perpetuate it. So, w- what I do know is that Michael said, "Hey, you know, that's not what happened." And I wish I could tell you what the real story was, but I forgot already. So, anyway, it's I, I would I would just say, um, stuff happened, and you know, the producers make decisions that producers make. Sometimes they're Sometimes they're based in something personal. Sometimes it's just, oh, you know, he's unavailable. So we're going to just, you know, move on. I think that's more likely.
1: And um, going to your, like, you know, let's just skip to the now. You are mostly probably known for people who grew up watching, you know, Johnny Test is the voice of, you know, Johnny's father. And yeah. I just I just wanted to know that I just wanted to know, like, how did you get involved in that? And is it uh, it's just still crazy that that show is, has been going on since 2005 and it's still going. I know we're
0: we just uh, just finished what uh, whatever that whatever season it is. I think it's seven or something because it was a big break in there for a long time. Um, but yeah, uh, same deal. Same deal, you know. Audition comes across your desk, you, you do it. And um, some of these things, they go on and on and on and on. And the funny thing about Johnny Test is, you know, it's not, it's not like we've made, you know, thousands of episodes and there was big breaks in between. And then, you know, a couple of years go by, oh yeah, we're going to do some more. Oh, oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, And this last one was right out of the blue because I thought, okay, we're finally done. Nope. Here comes to Netflix. So I was I was definitely happy it comes back because, I mean, it's a great crew. Scott Fellows, the the creator, um, is just one of those guys who he's got such a such a specific uh, outlook and he knows exactly what he wants. He knows the pacing that he wants. And uh, and he's a great guy really good guy to work with
1: no because i remember watching you know johnny test like again this this is like you know the 2000s and i would have been like a teenager i would have been like you know 15 or 16 years old and and it was weird watching that show because i'm like wait a minute i know that is that ian james corlett
0: johnny (laughs) he's he's just two ticks away from Cheetor.
1: (laughs) It just, it just seems so weird because like I said, like watching all the shows you've been on over the years, it, you know, it is just remarkable how much you still sound the same, like you did 25 years ago. And like, that is, that is just so amazing.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's funny, um, Cheetor and that era, like that was one of, if not, well, no, it wasn't the first, but like it, it was it was one of the first where I, you know, was supposed to sound, you know, dramatic and and heroic, and I'm way more Hugh Test and coconuts from you know uh, uh Sonic the Hedgehog than I am a hero. Like it was really weird for me to get cast as like this, you know, young heroic like action dude. So it was a challenge and it was, it was weird. Like I, I relished it, but, um, definitely not the first thing that I was drawn to. Like I'm, I'm kind of Mr. Wacky, you know, I'm way more Hugh test, you know?
1: And, you know, seeing, as you mentioned, Sonic the Hedgehog, that, that is another show I grew up watching. And I I cannot tell you how weirded out I was when I found out like coconuts and cheater were basically the same person.
0: Well, good. Good.
1: Because, you know, Coconuts is like one of the most interesting characters you've done because he is like all over the place. He is cartoony and he's just, he just has this like specific like character arc where he just wants to be Rob- Dr. Robotnik's favorite, but he will never be Dr. Robotnik's favorite because Robotnik doesn't care about anyone but himself.
0: Exactly. No one's going to be his favorite, but.
1: Poor little coconuts. Oh, he just wants to be a friend. <laughs> I,
0: I I absolutely love that character.
1: And um, God, the, those recording sessions must have been a hoot because you guys. Oh.
0: oh my Lord. Yeah, they were. Uh, Gary Chalk and Phil Hayes are so funny together. Phil Hayes is an old, 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 old friend of mine. One of the funniest guys I know. And the, the crowning achievement for, for us three lunatics um, was recording with Long John Baldry, who was, uh, pardon the pun, straight as an arrow because he was not. He was, he was a gay man. Um, and he, but in session, he was just like, uh, like a rock. He would do his lines, you know, because Robotnik sounded like that. and Sure, there was energy to it. But he was not Mr. Uh, let's jokey-jokey around with the other idiot voice actors. And there was one point that we got, I can't, I'm trying to remember the incident and the line, but we got him laughing. And it was like the, the crowning achievement of the whole series was getting getting Long John just like doubled over laughing. Because I think he just really prided himself on, I am not participating with you idiots. I'm just not. I'm not, and we got him. I think it had. Some, I think the line had something to do with, um, the him, you know, because obviously he built robots, and he was he was touting um, the use of the finest lubricants, and of course that's all we needed to just go off the deep end and we got him
1: and um because i've had um david k and uh, dave soboloff on as well and they mentioned like one of my favorite things about the the beast wars records was um jim burns coming in and just coming up with like the filthiest jokes and and david k was having none of it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah jim jimmy oh man what a character He's, he's uh man. I, I've, I, I guess it's my whole career. I've been around Jim super guy. Um, yeah. He's, he's got the jokes
1: because I just, I just love, again, it is such a shame that uh, no footage exists of, of those records. Cause I would give anything just, uh, ju- just I, to hear Jim just go off and, and David Ks like, I, 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 Jim, it's, 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 it's early. I don't want to, I don't want to do this.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you think, you say it's a shame. I say it's a blessing. Uh, Cause I don't know, I don't know what there would have been coming out of there. Um, I stood, it was really, really an odd studio that we recorded that stuff in because it was a big room and they, they liked having uh, what's called risers. That And I guess they would record music and things in there. But so you'd stand on these risers and, you know, they'd be like a, a foot tall and they'd be big enough for like two actors to sit on and have your mic and stuff. So, you know, you'd get sort of paired up and, and every session you went to the same mic in the same spot, in the same area. And I was always uh beside mr Uh, gary a jock and gary is a flatulent uh man he likes to fart so you know thanks gary great i you know i'm in the in the firing line (laughs) because i'm like three feet away from him so i was the recipient of all that stuff and uh I, i i did not fart back but i gave it to him uh hard and I made sure the whole room knew. And a, a strange guy didn't seem to care. Yeah, hey, just pull my finger. I'll give you another one. <sighs> oh, thanks,
1: Gary. I also love the story about where one record session devolved into uh, one giant spitball fight. <laughs> well, yeah, it was they
0: actually weren't spitballs. They were they were script balls because I would have I, I would have got disgusted if they were actual spitballs, but. The, the, we did enjoy crumpling up our papers because there was nothing digital back then. And, um, kind of like, it was almost like a giant snowball fight. You'd, you know, be finished your, uh, you know, script for, and, uh, one by one, you know, you just crumple those things up and ready and okay. We're not recording pow, 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 pow. And yeah, it was, uh, we were very immature.
1: yeah i i I, um remember like one story where i think i don't remember who it was but um you know someone hit venus terzo in the eye and and she just like oh man (laughs) i don't remember
0: that one but in another studio um back before uh, basically they shut all that stuff all those shenanigans down they have these these things up in the ceiling. It, it's at ocean um, recording, and they've got these things in the ceiling that, that are are um, uh, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? They're suspended, and they're called clouds. So it's like a you know a piece of of, of absorbent audio uh, material, and when you look up, you can see all of these scripts and papers that were thrown up there back in the 90s and no one's ever taken it down they're still there
1: uh relics of a forgotten era exactly
0: yeah you know misbehaving and then things got oh they clamped down real hard you guys better smarten up Eh, no
1: that's where the magic happens that was my response (laughs) where the magic happens um uh, you know we're running unfortunately running low on time here and um i i before we get going like is you know can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you
0: yeah i'm uh, i'm doing tons of games that i can't talk about there's a couple of big ones that will be out in uh early next year um i've been doing lots of uh of guest stuff in animation in uh, los angeles lots of commercials um but in in terms of uh animation hang on here hang on here because i forget oh i'm in i'm in a series uh called shark dog that's for nickelodeon um i am i've got some upcoming stuff for netflix i'm also in in vampirina um playing chef remy bones a french chef who's a skeleton um and if you've you know if you watch cable or network tv i'm in loads of commercials there's a shingrix ad for uh, a shingles vaccine i'm the voice of um yeah something for subway it's an ongoing um series uh stuff like that and and if you want to reach me and see me uh i post quite regularly on instagram um it's really easy ian james corlett uh and uh, some some on twitter but instagram is the biggest one because i like pictures
1: all right uh thanks for taking the time off to do this this has been a pleasure and if you ever want to come back you know where to find me
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you uh, have great success with your your endeavor, your podcast, and thanks for reaching out.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All
0: right. See you. Bye.